With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our VIP diver this week is Icarus Walks Epic High Fansite. Thank you very much. Much love from Tableau. You are listening to the Tableau Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Tableau Podcast. Thanks for listening, by the way. Um, I know you don't have to. You know, it's a, it's a pretty big time commitment to be listening to someone every week for like 50 minutes to an hour. You know, that's a lot of time to give me. Um, so thanks for that. All right, guys. Um, so. A lot of people on our Discord, on our, uh, you know, on my socials, on the Tableau Podcast socials, and also by texting me at 213-444-5416. A lot of people wanted me to talk about writing. Like the writing process, creative writing, um, just writing your thoughts uh, because if you don't know I am a writer in like different formats too yeah I I've written a collection of short stories uh, I've written a screenplay that no one has seen I have written a play um, that no one has seen because it didn't get put on yeah um, this was during college I also wrote a lot of poetry before I got into music. And then I write raps. I'm a rapper now. So my entire life has been about um, writing in one way or another. And it's perfect that Diane, my producer, is here because she's also a writer. Like she… Believe uh, it or not. You, you studied made, uh, dramatic writing, right? No, well… TV no. writing. Yeah, so my concentration was in TV writing and producing. Okay, let's get to that. A li- <gasps> let's let's get to that. <laughs> Not li- the West Elm. <laughs> oh, sh- I got coffee all, all over the rug. The West Elm. Where are you going? We're going to, to, to oh to clean it. No, soon. It's all good. <laughs> Don't edit any of this out because this is awesome. For the first time, you guys have seen Singun. <laughs> Look how look how he responsible rushed. this guy is. You and I didn't even feign. Like we don't we even care. Even, we didn't even pretend yeah. to try to get up. Soon. We even was like, why are you getting up? Soon. Your job is to <laughs> shoot this. You're the video person. You're you're the that's your job. Your job is not to clean up anything after me. That is my responsibility. Even if I choose not to. <laughs> Accept it. <laughs> oh, you, thank you so much, though. Yeah. Sunan would make a great boyfriend. <gasps> yes, if anyone's listening. What a considerate man. Yeah, <laughs> he's dying right now. <laughs> You're awesome, Sunan. Sunan, oh my god. You're so awesome and available. 
Singing did the most endearing thing. The the moment he came into the elevator when I let him into this building, he just looks at me. He goes, huh? And he points at his eye. And I just stared at him like, what? Why? Because you have glasses? And No, his eye. He was like, he was like, huh? Like the way someone's like, notice anything different. Oh, uh, let me see soon. And I… Um, <laughs> what? Sankapur? <laughs> so he was bragging to me about how he rubbed his eyes… double eyelid? He rubbed his eyes so hard this morning that he got a double eyelid on his right eye. Oh yo, that happens to me sometimes too. Same. If but- <laughs> I sleep a lot, I, I'll wake up with, with double eyelids on both sides. Yeah. Like perfect as if I got surgery. <laughs> And You're like a doll. Yeah and people will be like… Huh? <laughs> Some people I do not think should have that. Yeah. I, I'm one of them. You know I'm I'm perfectly… I have the inner double eyelids where like if I look down like this <laughs> I have it. Yeah. In the inside. And Haru has that too. Oh And yeah. I'm fine with this. I look so alert when I have that. <laughs> like I look too alert. I had it once in high school. Like I woke up one day in high school. Yeah. And I had… On both sides. And I couldn't get rid of it. And I'm like, oh no. Because he gets I, stuck like that for Yeah, a I get to class. And my math teacher was like… Tab- uh, like I wasn't tabloid at the time. But yeah. like, Daniel, you're very attentive today. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I have no choice. I'm like falling asleep here. And I have no choice. <laughs> no, I imagine you like those like 90s baby dolls. With like the giant yeah. like fold and like, the giant eyelashes. I look just like, like an anime character. <laughs> Basically. You have purple eyeshadow for yeah. some reason. I was… <laughs> um, anyway. Anyways. <laughs> so we're talking about writing, right? And… Uh, <laughs> let me first like tell you about like how I became passionate about writing. Because that's usually what people… Um, you know, want to know. So I, I think I started writing… I don't have this fairy tale. I may have said it in that way before, but like if I really think about it, I don't think there's this fairy tale like cliche like the story of the legend, you know, <laughs> like where like the last dance, where like <laughs> something happened to me or like I was really alone and lonely and like desolate, and writing was, you know, a pen and a piece of paper were the only friends I had or you know maybe but I, I don't know I can't remember I think I just had to write at some point and I realized that I kind of liked it um I think there was a there was an assignment during uh elementary school these were my first years in Canada and I had to write a short story like a really short short maybe like Two, three double space pages. Okay. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, my first couple of years in Vancouver, like I was in the ESL program, you know, I had just gone there from Korean elementary school. So, like, my English was not up to par. Um, I, I just wasn't very, uh, confident about it. And I had to write a story in English. And I, I wrote this. Thing about like the the origin of spring. Don't ask me why. Um, and um, I, I wrote a, a like a fairy tale about it. And I remember that the teacher was like, "This is remarkably good for a kid that just learned how to write in English at all." And um, I think that 
that made me feel like kind of happy. And I just started writing whether or not I had an assignment. Like I, I would just… It became kind of like a hobby. And um, by like fifth or sixth grade, I was the best writer um, in school. And that, that was… And, and I also simultaneously fell in love with reading. Because that's how you get good at writing. Right? You read what other people wrote. Um, and I think very early on, like it, it, like I, I kind of recognized that I was sort of good at this thing and at expressing myself and that I wanted to be better. Um, and maybe that this is like my calling. And uh, plus, I think it helped that I was, I really hated math. Like, just mathematics um, to me it was something something that I feared because um, my dad was really good at math and he was the guy that was looking over my homework and stuff like uh. checking to see if I did it right and trying to teach me certain things. And my, you know, parents were different back then. Like they were allowed to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it always happened when we were studying math. Yeah. And I felt like math was driving a wedge between… Um, you know, my, my dad and I. And I felt like math was just a bad thing. Like I just didn't like it. Like there were no good feelings connected to that. You are good at math though. Yeah. I, ha- I was… I had, had to. to be. Yes. I had to be. Because <laughs> yes. um, I didn't want to get, you know… Yelled at. Yelled at. I, I think like I thought to myself, hey, I lo- like writing. And if I'm really good at this, I don't have to ever… Be a math person. Um, and then… Uh, yeah. And then I, I just continued to write. Um, I wrote poetry. And then eventually I wrote lyrics. Um, and, and the thing is… Here's the thing. Like I recognized that I liked writing because that was what I was drawn to when I was into these other things that were so much cooler than writing. Like… For example, rap music, right? Like hip-hop. Um, my parents didn't want me to listen to it. No parent want, wanted their kids to listen to it really. Teachers hated it. Uh, especially at that time because it, was, it wasn't as uh, prevalent as now. Um, but when I was listening to like hip-hop with my friends like secretly like in the basement and stuff… Um, I realized that they were drawn to like the whole look, the, uh, the whole attitude, mm. the the uh, cussing, right? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes like the not okay content. But what I was drawn to was how they're work like using these words to paint a picture. Also like the rhyme scheme. Um, like I was really into some of the creative. Um, rappers. I was into uh, like Farside, which was a group that uh, was exceptional. And I was also into like Tribe Called Quest and Nas because he was so lyrical, right? It didn't really matter that I didn't understand the paintings that they were making with the words, but the fact that they could take these words that we all have, like we all have the same words. 
But the fact that they can take them and create something that paints a picture for me just was amazing. That was what I was drawn to. And then I would realize that like when I'm watching an ad, like a, like a commercial during um, like cartoons, like commercial breaks, I was more attracted to the copy than what was happening visually. Okay. Or the celebrity that was on there. Like the… the like the dialogue? Or, or the slogan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or just that one phrase. And… Um, yeah. Yeah. I would you be know? like, how did I think of that? You yeah. know, bounty, the paper towel. And that's how I recognized my… Like what my passion would be. Yeah. Because I discovered that I… So I discovered elements of my what I'm what I'm passionate about in everything that I enjoyed. So like advertisements, hip hop music. I also got into rock, and I I was drawn to the bands that had good lyrics, like Nirvana, um, Smashing Pumpkins. Like I was attracted to bands or songs that had good lyrics, and then when I got into like the Beatles. Um, you know, I discovered the Beatles because like my, you know, my sister was listening to it and stuff. Uh, I think I was attracted to John Lennon because his lyrics were… Well, his writing was way more lyrical than Paul McCartney's. Paul McCartney did really good job with like plain speak making that yeah. really poetic. And just incredible melodies yeah. and stuff. But I was more drawn to John Lennon because… Um, just what he was doing with the words. Mm. Like across the universe and stuff like that. So I was into the same things. What I'm trying to say is… It's not like this thing where like… As a kid you're like… Hey I, I really like reading and writing. I like poetry. I was into the exact same things that all the other kids were into. Like watching TV. Um, playing video games. Um, you know like… Into rap music, like into hip-hop, into rock. Uh, just the popular music at the time. But what I liked about it was where my passion came out. Mm. Like for a video game, I would be more interested in the the actual… You know the sections that people skip? Oh yeah, the speaking, the dialogue. Yeah, the, the speaking and the yeah. dialogue. Like I would, I would be into role-playing games. Yeah. Um, and I would never skip over the sections where… There, the dialogue or the narrative happens. Yeah, I knew all the backstories to Tekken. Yeah, and everyone hated that. Yeah. Everyone wanted me to skip. They're yeah. like, dude, press B. Like, skip it. And I'm like, but I'm watching a story. And I was also into f- films. Like, heavily into uh, films. More because of the story and the writing. And I, and I just loved how a dialogue works. You know? And I loved when actors would take words… And and deliver it in a way that was amazing. Yeah. Which was why I also was really into Shakespeare for a while. Yeah. Okay. Which seems ridiculous because Shakespeare is pretty boring, dude. <laughs> right? Like… Yeah. I don't know. It's Lion not, King did it. <laughs> but like… I really got into Shakespeare because… Just the sheer amount of like wordplay… And he just, invented so many words. Yeah. He invented the word weird. Oh really? Yeah. He invented That's that word. That's pretty weird. Oh. <laughs> Thanks Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was really into Shakespeare where like I would actually go and see the play. Because I wanted to see how the words were delivered. 
I saw almost every Shakespearean like adaptation to film. Um, because this guy was, well, I don't know if he might have been a group of guys, but uh, I was really just into like these words. Yeah. So, question um, When you're writing dialogue in your script or your plays and your books and stuff, um, but more so, I'm talking about performative dialogue. So, like in scripts and um, plays, and or stuff. my or my music. Yeah, but but specifically for like acting or whatever, um, because Aaron Sorkin he has this thing where Aaron Sorkin is another person that's great with dialogue. He's like known for he's, dialogue. Yeah, he's, he's just like the master. The oh, really? He's known for dialogue. Known I didn't that. know that. He's gosh. Okay, he um, he's known for his dialogue because of um, he inserts any pauses and like ums us he writes that yeah because people and, talk that way uh he always tells the directors that he works with don't i don't appreciate if you let the actors improvise or deliver the words not as i wrote it even if it gets the point because for me uh words in a dialogue are notes on a sheet of music mm-hmm. if you miss one note the song's different oh okay and I don't know if you agree with Here's that as thing. a writer. That's the one thing I don't like about Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Uh, like movies or whatever. Because uh, I love him. Right? Yeah. He, I, I, I recognize that he is exceptional at what he does. Yeah. And like for example like the social network. West Wing. Yeah. Social network is just… It's just… It's like a play. Right? And that's the that's that's what's good about Aaron Sorkin works. It's like a play, but it's also what I don't like about it. Mm. A lot of times, I feel like it's uh, sometimes that, that it's staged, or that he's flexing his um, his ability, because, like you just said, um, actors can't really improvise it, right? And they're they're playing literally every note. And because I'm also a musician. Um, sometimes it's good to miss a couple notes. Sometimes it's good to take out whole sections because it makes the song that much more uh, unexpected. And that's that's also how I feel about Quentin Tarantino. You know, Tarantino is also another person that's really good at the script. Yes. Um, but the thing is, I I can sometimes see his hand. I can see the writer's hand while I'm watching the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel like it's it's Two people on a in a scene or in a car, like I don't feel like they're really talking. I feel like I can see the writer's hand. Yes, it's just Tarantino wearing different wigs. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and that sometimes like takes me out. Yes, I honestly do like improv, and I like uh, when I feel like some of the greatest scenes that I've that that I've loved in films. Uh, when I Google it to get info about it. I realized that it was ad-libbed. Um, and the fact that a lot of the scenes that I like are turn out to be ad-libbed scenes means that I'm I'm more drawn to like spontaneous, you know, like something unexpected. Yes. Um anyways, um let me just say one thing and then move on. Uh-huh. Uh cuz I want to talk to you, I want to ask you some stuff too, but um so at, what I was trying to get at is a lot of people feel like think that passion or like their calling is something that just like rears its head like in its pure form. You know? You, do, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and I'm just telling you that it's not like writing 
or like creative writing or like dramatic writing or whatever yeah. uh, or poetry just popped up in front of me and was like, this, yeah. I'm your calling. I'm saying that I was able to recognize what I like about the same things that I liked as like, everyone else. Yes. And that's how maybe you should try to discover your passion. If you guys are listening right now and you have no idea what you're passionate about. Just look at the things that you already like. And they can be as commonplace and cliche as like hell. Right? But try to look for what you like about it. And the minute you can figure out what you like about the things that, that you like… Um, you might be able to see a passion in there somewhere, right? Uh, and this is like, for example, like certain musicians, right? Um, they're very good at music, but they're also very well-dressed, which means that they are into fashion. And quite often, they are able to venture into fashion and do really well there too because they realize that it, it wasn't just you know, some clothing. They they were into um, like the design of it. Like just the colors. The package. Of and it. then you realize that, oh wow. I, I Now I recognize it in their music as well. For mm-hmm. example, Pharrell. Yes. Like Pharrell… Uh, when, like right off the bat, when the Neptunes blew up and Pharrell blew up. Like uh, he was a fashionista. Like… From from straight on, right? Like with the the mesh caps, like baseball caps, and like this the the cargo shorts, like the skater t-shirt, and like the sneakers. He had this aesthetic, and it kept evolving. He was like just the just very well dressed. Yeah. And after like you know he did BBC like Billionaire Boys Club, um, you know he worked with Babe a lot like. Um, Clearly a fashion guy, right? And then you go back to listening to his music and you realize that his 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 beats are different from everyone else's because um, it's almost like he has an album called Seeing Sounds and I can totally see that that's what he does. Like you can you can see the the colors in the in the music. Yeah. And it's 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 his some of his songs are made in a way that are akin to like uh, putting on an outfit or an ensemble or like uh, designing, you know, colors on a shirt or a, or, or a sneaker, yeah. right? And that's how that's how you should approach trying to discover your passion. Like if you're into watching a lot of YouTube, uh, look into what you really like about the the YouTube things you see like the channels you see like is it the comedy um are you looking for all the funny things and everything like on in your day-to-day like are the funny things uh, or like the irony of it or the comedy and everything like is that what you're drawn to maybe you have a passion for funny like funny maybe you have a passion for comedy and then how you translate that discovery into an actual craft or profession will is the next step but first, you need to discover what you like about um, the things you like. Yes. Um, so you studied TV writing? Yes. And 
that's I assume that that's very different from like literature or like yeah prose yeah um it's very different like the priorities on a script are different um if anything I think the reason I was drawn towards script writing um more than you know literature was because um felt like <laughs> I was just lazier Honestly, it's about efficiency. I, I know what it's you're about doing. to paint a picture in the most efficient way as you can um, with like you know your little style that you have. Yeah. Um, saying the most with the least amount, basically. Like you can just say transition or cut to. Yeah. Instead of, and then the billowing smoke from the you know. I that was um, my least favorite about reading um, older books growing up. Was like the first three pages of every new chapter was just describing the setting, the sunset. Yeah. And on the house. And now in hindsight, I get what that was supposed to do as a device. But in the end, I was just like, I just want to get to the people talking. Like, I want to get to the actual action. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was the great thing about a movie or a show is that you see the setting. Mm -hmm. Move on. Yeah. You set the setting in one second. Good. We know where we are. One or two lines is perfectly fine. Yeah. I just Night. Fade in to night. Yeah. Like New York Street. Yeah. You know, and then you just move on. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I know what you mean. So I always… Um, in life… And a lot of friends of mine will not like this about me. Which is that in most things… I just like getting to the point. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I kidding. I'm kidding. I don't… I don't… It like… I'm the… I don't like passiveness or passive aggression in yeah, you any like, form. You just like getting to the point. I In every way. <laughs> okay. I, I can identify with that. Me so, too. Yeah. So I think that's… That's where the preference… For um, script versus uh, like straight up literature. Okay, so from. again, uh, you discovered a personality trait. Yeah. About your like something you like, which is you like getting to the point. Yeah. And it helped you decide between prose, like you know, literature, like book writing. Yeah. And writing scripts. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, I. So you like getting to the point. I love getting to the point, and I knew what I liked right off the bat. I knew what I liked, and I'm one of those people who gets really into what they like. Okay, and what is what you like? You like comedy? What? So growing up, for example, um, one of the earliest memories that had to do with words was actually my dad and I were obsessed with getting reader digests. And we would oh me too yeah and we would read each other the jokes I didn't do that it would be like you know set up punchline set up punchline mm-hmm. and we would deliver it to each other we're like all right this is a good one okay you know and it was just the act of delivering it to say it in the way that it would be the funniest and being aware of how it sounds you know you it's had not a great a- relationship with your dad but <laughs> sure okay, never mind but that was just like a very specific thing and um. I watched a lot, a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. T. I was one of those kids, like a latchkey kid, you know, who's get who gets basically raised by after school TV, TV. and stuff. That's another thing that yeah. um, I can't identify with because I was not allowed to really watch TV for any longer than like twenty minutes. Eventually, yeah. they cut the cord, liter- literally cut the cord, yeah, um, with scissors, yeah, which I thought was the dumbest thing you could do because, like, why ruin your TV. TV to… Why not just tell me not to see it? Or just force me into the room? Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. 
So watching a lot of TV was something you liked. TV is the reason I can. I was even able to speak any Korean. Because okay. I also watched a lot of Korean TV. Like mm-hmm. children's shows and like the variety shows with my parents and stuff like that. Um, I learned English. Because technically Korean was my first language. So I learned English from TV. Question. How did you… De- at what point did you decide that you would like… You know, try to go to like… So you went to NYU Tisch. Yes. Right? That's… Going to NYU Tisch is like a… <laughs> is… is relevant because it's it's a it's an actual like specific decision you need to make yeah you have to that you're gonna go into you know something other than like just the normal liberal arts right yes a more specific um it's a more specific decision and when did you decide that you would want to go into like tv writing as opposed to uh, the million other things you you can possibly try to do at a young age Makes sense. Okay. Well, so for the longest time, I was not… As much as I was good at identifying what I liked, I was not good at identifying… I'm very like experience-oriented. Like I don't care for being like one thing or doing one thing. I'm very much if the door is open, might as well step through it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think very similar to you, I had certain experiences where there was a common denominator. Mm-hmm. Where uh, what I appreciated about something was the writing um, and the storytelling of it. And just like even liking the thought process behind it. Because um, I loved the commentary more than the actual show for like The Simpsons. Okay. I would memorize the commentary for Simpsons like episodes. How, how it was made. Yeah. The, the behind the stories and like what motivated jokes. And you know the day that they delivered the jokes. Like how did the room read it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. What lasted and what didn't. Um, so I, I was always fascinated by that. I knew I loved TV. And I knew I wanted to be a part of it. Because I heard about… And wh- how old were you when, you, when this… Probably the most… The, it started mostly 6th grade. Mm-hmm. 6th grade I realized I really liked specifically TV. Mm-hmm. More than movie… More than books. And I love both. All those things. Okay. And when did you decide that you might want to make it a profession? Like when, that you might want to go to a college for that? Uh, summer a sophomore year. Because I… My brother forced me to do a uh, summer college program. Mm-hmm. To like you know bump up the resume kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And he says… I don't care where you go or what you study. I just want you to go. So I'm going to give you the freedom of choice about what you spend the summer studying for three weeks. And you decided… And I was like, fucking hate the idea of business. <laughs> so you want to try writing. So um, the specific school for some reason we chose was Cornell. Okay. So I got into the Cornell summer program. And I chose… And you went all the way to Ithaca? Bruh, I did not realize it was nowhere near <sighs> Dude, New Dude, I went City. there once to visit my sister. Horrible. I hate… God, I love that place for everyone that's living there. <laughs> nah, I hated it. I, I hated it from the beginning I, I got there. I l- loved Ithaca for everyone that's living there right now. Nah. Um, anyways. Strongly disagree. Yeah. But uh, so I went to Ithaca. I did three weeks um, intensive program for short. Like short screenplays. Okay. Yeah, short scripts. That was my first time ever… And you loved writing it. …writing a script. Um, I don't know if I what I felt was love. But I felt like… I want to get this right. And okay. I haven't gotten it right yet. So you need to get it right. Yeah. Okay. And I wasn't getting it right. 
Because like the th- I wasn't like you where I immediately got any praise for writing. Because I didn't… I'm also not competitive. Hey, don't get me the wrong way. Like don't get, don't get what I said the wrong way. I, I didn't… I didn't. You got to, really strong p- positive feedback well, from an early age yeah, about but writing. It wasn't like it wasn't like this kid's a prodigy. <laughs> like it wasn't like, oh my god, you're the best writer ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. saying the, the amount of praise I got was like, you you are really good at writing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you just learned English, but you're you're pretty oh, good. Okay. And that was enough for me. Yeah. Same. Is I, what is what I'm saying. I don't think that you know, like I discovered like some. Yeah, immense talent or anything. Yeah, for me, it was never uh, motive any motivation in this in the sense that somebody said you're really good at something, you should do it. Mm-hmm. It was very much of like everyone I admire and the people who make the things I like are good at this, mm-hmm. and I so I, therefore I need to get better at this to experience the same things that I like they experience. Because mm-hmm. um, I grew up as a latchkey kid, like I said, but as a latchkey kid was like forced to be alone a lot and mm-hmm. home a lot. Yeah. And f- constantly feeling like I was missing out on things. So I think like you'll see in my life that I'm very much like I want to do everything because I felt like I wasn't being allowed or able to do mm-hmm. anything for the longest times. And so uh, the coolest stories I would hear were these like TV writers and being in that room and making something cool. And I just wanted that experience. Oh. Now that I think yeah. about it, um, perhaps that's why I was more into like the uh, like the literary, like prose writing, mm. as opposed to um, like scripts. Yeah. Even though I was really into films, I think it's the fact that my parents didn't let me watch TV, and the only thing I could do while I was completely alone. Yeah. Because um, I was also alone a lot. Um, was read a book because that was all that was around. Yeah. Like they had cut the cord. Um, they didn't like me listening to music. Uh, and unless it was classical music. Which yeah. you know. How fun is that? Yeah. So I had to read a lot. And the books that were at home were like the great books. Yes. And of course I had to discover something in there to pass the time. Like I had to read a Charlotte Bronte book and <laughs> find something in there that I could bear. Yes. And what I realized though is… is um, so you, you mentioned like comedy. Uh, I became obsessed with the perfect sentence. Mm. And that is an obsession I think I still have. Because at one point when I was younger, like when I was a kid, I got into reading like obituaries. I, I was obsessed with reading crime reports in the local newspaper. Okay. Like obituaries and like yeah. what's uh, the, the what's written on people's tombstones. Oh, like if you only had the one sentence. Yeah. Mm. And uh, it became like… I became interested in writers that were really good with the sentence. Yeah. Right? To deliver a perfect sentence. And Shakespeare is one of them. Right? Uh, Hemingway. Horrible person. Horrible person. But… Hemingway was incredible with with the sentence. And um, so was Fitzgerald. So was everyone that I loved. And um, as a writer. Uh, eventually I think it… it That bled into like me becoming a rapper. Because the minute I realized that uh, a rap verse… 16 bars, right? Is the traditional rap verse. Is 16 
opportunities for me to write the perfect sentence, right? Because that's what rap bars force you to do. Um, because you're rapping to a beat, um, you can't just have run-on sentences, right? And plus, because you're performing this live and the competitive nature of hip-hop itself, like you are already in a genre where you have to deliver um, something in every bar. And the minute I recognized that, I was like, oh, this is something that I could, like, I I don't know if I could get good at, but like I I could fall in love with. Mm -hmm. And it was just fun for me to construct these verses. And even now, um, I think I am, I think of my life as, well, anyone's life as like a sentence. At the end of it all, this, this is what I got from like being into obituaries and tombstones, which is really morbid in a way. But like, um, what I realized early on is that at the end of it all, you get a sentence. Like, this v- vast, like, amount of experiences you've had and like this huge like multiverse of a life you have and then eventually at the end of it you get like one sentence in the paper or one sentence on a on a on a stone or on a plaque or whatever yeah right um and the and and the real the that realization made me think to myself that like I want to live my life so that I can have the most I can have the I can become the most you know the best sentence possible or like the most perfect po- sentence possible. So basically, you know, I've been working on that sentence. Like that's what my life is. I'm changing out words every year. Um, you know, sometimes just scratching it all out and making a new sentence. Um, and as my personality changes or as circumstances change or my values change, that sentence gets developed and developed until eventually I'm going to have to leave with one sentence. And I want it to be a great one. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's sort of like what drives me. And that's why I do um, love dialogue in TV and film. Mm. Because… Because of the time constraint, right? People don't have the attention span to listen to some guy deliver like a like an entire soliloquy, right? Like you you got to deliver something in like a couple sentences in a dialogue. Like what you want. Yeah. And how you're going to get yeah. it. Yeah. And Aaron Sorkin is the master of that. Where like he'll have two lines of dialogue that also sets up the setting, sets up the time, sets up um, the stakes involved. Um, sets up a larger meaning within a very short um, time frame. Yes. A good example of that, of great writing, is the Steve Jobs movie that Aaron Sorkin wrote. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have seen it. I feel like it was very, very underrated in the box office. Um, Because it's an exceptional film. Yeah. The fact that he decided, okay, to show Steve Jobs' life, right? And this is uh this is a very like nerdy like writing kind of thing. But this whole are, episode is. <laughs> there are many ways to show Steve Jobs' life because it's very it's extravagant. Yeah, it's extraordinary, right? Uh, and usually people start with like how he was a high school dropout or maybe how he was adopted. Yeah, and then you know chronologically show what happens. But what Sorkin did um, was he took he decided to uh, focus on three launch. Dates yeah. of 
um, iconic Apple products and just showed the, the couple hours before and after uh, the launch or like the, the 30 minutes leading up to the launch. And he confined himself to those three times and spaces and was somehow able to deliver um, not only Steve Jobs' life, but like some of the, uh, you know, some of the motives or um, things like behind his shortcomings and also like his successes and also his relationship with his daughter, um, his evolution. Yeah. And the fact that he was able to do that with those three, just three set pieces, is um, he was able to fit a lot into dialogue. Yeah. Right? Into a few perfect sentences, basically. And when someone does that, to me, it's like someone levitating. Or, or to yeah. me, it's like someone doing like an incredible slam dunk. Or like, um, you know, or Kendrick Lamar like… Just going off on the beat and just like delivering like 50 bars without like breathing. You know what Aaron Sorkin did? He got to the point. Yeah. <laughs> he got to three points. Exactly. He got to three… <laughs> he got to three, three major points that matter the most. <laughs> yeah. And he just got rid of everything else. He got rid of um, like all the, you know, Victorian age like setting up like yeah. the sunset for like… 15 Going pages. Going like East of Eden, John Steinbeck, like four yeah. generations of and the family. And then <laughs> describing what a, what a fucking horse looks like for like two pages, which I, I can't… I, like I said before, <laughs> I can't… I don't have the uh, attention span or like… I, I can't stomach you talking about a horse for two pages. And then it makes me also question like why… Why, why is this person like so obsessed with horses? Horse, yeah. to dis- Because this is like really descriptive. Like <laughs> telling me about his legs and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, how is this important to the story? Damn it. Like this yeah. person, you know, this is just, this is a weird novel. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not down with this. Secretariat. Um, but anyways, like, oh, another thing that people really want to know is uh, how to g- get good at writing is a question I get a lot. I, I would like to. And there, it's impossible to answer. Yeah. It's really impossible to answer. Do you do you subscribe to this ten thousand hour thing? Um, the, I know the lo- Malcolm Gladwell is it like I the outliers? I thing? don't know about that exact number, but I think it's kind of like, like the even. Idea. I think I do think that um, there is good in just doing it. I think that's basically a, a weird way of saying that. I feel like it's a weird way of saying basically like. Just do it then. Just write it. Mm-hmm. Write something. Mm-hmm. Um, and something will come out of it. I know a lot of writers that I do admire, they say that like it took them a while to get to that point. But they realized they only benefited from just like… Even if it was just the uh, the act of sitting in the chair with like the blank screen in front mm-hmm. of them and nothing gets done. did was doing more than just dancing around it. One thing for sure though. If… Um if what you want is to be a writer more than to actually write, uh, you got to just get out of here. You said, is, isn't like, that what you said you were trying to do in college well, for a minute? Well, um, no, no. I think I, I said that like there, there were kids that were like… Oh, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and what I mean by that is like if you want to like be that whole… Like be a writer and like that whole look and that whole like… You know, you just want to be one. 
um, as opposed to like actually enjoying the writing. Or even having something to say. Yeah, I'm that just saying… That is my biggest thing. Yeah, I'm just saying it's <laughs> maybe it's not for you. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's a good point. What? Yeah. Having something to you say. You have to have something to say. Right? And um, usually extraordinary, extraordinary writers are… Uh, are extraordinary at living. And by that, I don't mean like having, you know… Mad successful stories or, you know, being happy as hell and like living their best life or whatever. I mean like… Um, good or bad. You know. Ecstasy or pain. Like… People who have lived extraordinary lives usually write really well. Because they have something to say. Yeah. They have something to vent. They have something to uh, air out. Uh, they have something to argue against, argue for. And um, if you don't have that, uh, you need to work on living a lot more than your writing. Yes. Is what I would say. Because it is impossible to be a good writer without having something to say. It is impossible. Yeah. And a lot of people I've seen have attempted to be great writers… Without having something to say. And I'm saying that is not possible because… Yeah, you could be extremely… You know… Skilled with words. You you could be adept at like… Painting a picture with words. But if… If the the picture is nothing I I can recognize. Or nothing that speaks to me. Or anything that matters really. um, It's nothing. It's, It's just wallpaper. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking I might have an affinity for um, getting words across. Because one, that like the way you're very concerned, hyper concerned about like that perfect sentence. Yeah. For me, it's I've always been hyper concerned about um, are people going to get what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. And how do I keep rephrasing it until it's exactly what I want to say? Mm-hmm. And the chances of them misinterpreting it is less and less. Mm-hmm. Like someone recently said to me that… Um, it is weird that you text as if you're writing uh, like like you text like a writer. Someone said this to me. Okay. Like your texts are like like you have good sentences, which is really weird, and punctuation, which yeah, you, you do do a lot of like proper grammar in your texts. Yeah, and it's just a habit. Yeah, it's not because I'm a grammar freak. I really don't care, um, but. Um, I, I think it's like a habit, kind yeah. of. And um, yeah, like you have to have something to say. That's the only thing. That's the only advice I can give. Like, I don't know how one goes from being a non-writer to a, an exceptional writer in any other way. You know Pete Davidson? Yes, I do. Of course, you know. Uh, do you like him? Because I like him. I, I I like him a lot. I've seen him um, perform. Before. Okay. I really like Pete Davidson. Um, I know there are people that don't. But I don't care. Like, yeah, same. Yeah. That's your opinion. Whatever. But um, he's got a movie coming out called uh, The King of Staten Island. Judd Apatow produced. Yeah. Um, it's basically about his life but not really. Um, like every Judd Apatow yeah. movie. <laughs> and you know how the dude like… Like he lost his father during 9-11. You know? Like his dad was a fireman. 
Um, and he went through, you know, like just a lot of highly publicized, you know, things. Yeah. Uh, and he's not been well. But like he says he's getting better. And when I see his like comedy sets or even when he's doing like the SNL stuff. He's different from the other people that are doing yeah. it. Other people are doing it really well. Yeah. They are… Um, they are in the character. They pull it off so well. They're like professionals. But this guy is not a professional. Like I see him in the scene and I still see Pete Davidson. Do you see what I mean? Like all the… Like in, in, a, in a very funny skit on SNL. All the other characters… All the other actors are… They're exceptional at what they do, right? They're very funny and they're in character. And I can see that they're playing the character. And Pete Davidson will be there. And he's also playing a character. But I can still see Pete Davidson. And some might say that that's highly unprofessional. Right? And also he's got like some beef with like SNL. Like he doesn't get along with the… You know he doesn't feel like he's a part. Yeah. Their thing. And I can see it. But the thing is like when when he's doing his stand-up. Or when like I see him in interviews where he's very… And he's a very candid person. Right? I see him talking. I can uh, see that this guy has like done a lot of living. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. The ups and downs and like the ugly side of it all. Like he's done a lot of living and feeling and hurting. And and because of that, anything he writes… um. Is going to be good. Yeah. Like I guarantee you. It's going to be good. And uh, is he technically a, as good a writer as some other comics? Or uh, or like you know Aaron Sorkin for example? Like being super polished and like knowing exactly Probably the right not. thing to yeah. say. Probably yeah. not as good of a like technical writer as some like you know lit profs at you know. Stanford or like Harvard or something, yeah. right? But I guarantee you, he 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 will be the, the he will write the better thing. And I think it's because of you know what we've been talking about. Like, you know what's remarkable? I have now done this uh, done writing for so long um, that I can read a verse from a rapper. And know what this rapper has been spending the last few months or half a year doing. Like what he's been interested in. Yeah. uh, What he has either been doing or not doing. Yeah. Does that even make sense? Okay. No, I do know. So this is something that actually happened. But uh, Mithra wrote a verse. Okay. Um, And… I saw it and I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't like it, honestly. And I told him, uh, I, I don't think this is the verse that we, that is required for this song. Have you been spending the last few months watching Netflix, um, you know, just chilling? Camping or you know… I said this right? I said a couple things. And literally those are the things that he was doing. 
Those were the only things he was doing for the last few months. Yeah. And I told him, you need to get off of that. And you need to… Um, I need you to like… I need you to take a couple months and uh, meet people and experience different things. And the fact that I was able to pick out um, how he had been living. Because I was able to do this because um, some of the uh, like similes or like… You know like… The, 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 some of the ways he was describing certain things. Um, and the, the, uh, compare, like the metaphors that he was using. Um, I could tell that that's where he was, his brain was stuck at. Mm. It was in a very small space. Yeah. And everything he was looking at uh, with, within those couple months… Was the only way he could describe certain things. Yeah. And after I said that… Uh, he came up with another verse that was significantly better. Uh, because I think… Not that he went out and decided to have… You know… Like a crazy Different life. experiences. Yeah. But I'm saying he realized… That… Uh, your life… Really does come through… Um, in your writing. And either he decided to… You know sort of step out of the box… Or was forced out of the box… Because of what I said. Um, and then, then that… Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy that I was able to read something that someone wrote… And realize how they had been spending their time? I mean I think even that though about it, tweets. Even though the lyrics had nothing to do with… Yeah. That… You know it was a love song. Oh. Right? Yeah. It had nothing to do with him talking about himself. Yeah. But the the metaphors he was using… The specific words he was using… Um, I was like, did you watch this, this one TV show on Netflix? Yeah. And you know… Did you, did you spend a lot of time just camping and stuff? Mm. Because every, every nature reference… Or every reference… Love is, is like me chilling on a yeah. bean bag. <laughs> no but it wasn't even that specific. Yeah yeah. But like… Like you know like mountains and stuff like that. Like I can just… I can just, uh, I can okay. just I get, I get see… I what you're saying. Where he's drawing this from. Yes. And he's not drawing this from something that is a real emotion. Right? I could tell that he was drawing this from things that he had seen… Or just happened to be a part of. As opposed to something that he has… He, that has felt… That he has felt or that has affected him. Is it like um, Anchorman basically where he's like, I love lamp. Because it's literally like you're like just looking yeah, around yeah. the room and you're like a oh, glass man. <laughs> and, and you know, he doesn't do this all the time. But at, at that, with that particular song, it happened. Yeah. And, and that's why like I, I, I do feel like if you guys need advice to become a better writer. Um, there's, because Mithra is a good writer. You know, it's just that at the time, he wasn't… Uh, he was doing a very small amount of living. Mm, yeah. Right? A small space of living. Yeah. And because of that, it affected his writing. And uh, I don't really have that problem. Yeah, because shit just happens to you. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> just a lot of shit happens to me. Like constantly. Yeah. And I hate it. If I wasn't… <laughs> if I didn't have… This job. Yeah. If I wasn't a writer. If I wasn't a rapper. Like if I didn't have 
if I wasn't whatever, like an entertainer or a performer or whatever, um, I would hate my life. Yeah. Because I can't deal with this. Um, like, you wouldn't be able you, to process yeah, everything. You guys don't like you guys listening right now or like even if you're like up to date with my social media or whatever. Like you don't know like you know 5% of the, the, the stuff I have to deal with on a daily basis. I don't know how this much amount of shit happens to me. I don't. And I hate it. It really gets in the way of me trying to be happy. And it really gets in the way of me trying to stay happy for my family and for my daughter. Right? But um, because I'm a writer, uh, I, in, in, a, in a strange, perverted way, it's like, uh, it's a blessing in a weird way. Because I literally ha- never run out of having something to say. And that's usually the difference between um, the writers, you know? Like, I'm sure, um, I'm sure there are people that are technically better at writing than I am. But sometimes in the same room, we, we could write and I would, I, I just simply have something more to say. Yeah, we're just, we're very opinionated. Yeah, and, and that, <laughs> that is enough to give yeah. me uh, some kind of edge. Yeah. Because if you have something to say, there's… Because everybody has something to say, really. They just don't know how. Yeah. Right? And that's why people are drawn to films, music. Like, uh, they're drawn to rap verses. They're drawn to, like, good TV shows. They're drawn to cartoons. They're drawn to The Simpsons. They're drawn drawn to, like, whatever. Because they also have something to say. They don't fucking know how. Yeah. And someone does it for them. When someone, when they feel like someone has said something that they can't say, yeah, that they didn't even know they wanted to say, it's like that. That that is. There's a lot of relief. Yeah, that is the moment that art becomes art. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and and for that reason, you have to constantly explore. What it is you want to say. And also what other people want to say too. You have to be very observant. Um, I don't mean like go to every single party and go be, be socialize like crazy. Yeah. That's not what I mean. Like, But you have to be interested in the inner lives of other people. Um, what you imagine it to be. Also just, that's why reading is important. Because you literally get to peek inside. Um, what, how other people think and what other people are like feeling. And if you don't realize that, if you don't, if you're not interested in, in other people's stories and like the, the struggles that they are going through, that's probably why you don't have a story. Yeah. That's also, probably why you have nothing to say. Probably you lack empathy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, I don't know, that's the only advice I, I could possibly give yeah i think that's solid i think that's a good foundation and it'll just naturally lead um itself towards um the right kind of inspiration or motivation probably yeah and let me tell you like being a writer is probably not the the most like it's not the greatest job in the world yeah you guys see my twitter i'm suffering (laughs) it's not easy like it's yeah um do, do you believe in writer's block? Um, 
Yeah, and I'm I'm usually the block. Okay. Well, I don't, <laughs> I'm I'm the block. I don't believe in writer's block. Yeah. Um, there's something that I always say whenever like anyone asks me about writer's block, like because I get asked that in interviews a lot. Like I don't know why, but they're like, they're like, do you ever like deal with writer's block? And here's the thing: it is much harder for me to deal with not being able to say something or write something. Well, to me, that's writer's block. Okay. Not knowing how to say what you want to say. No, and that's so it's not hard. what I'm saying. Oh, okay. If I was forced into a position where I wasn't able to write something yeah. or say something, right? Mm-hmm. Or let's say like I'm on family vacation and I'm not allowed to work on anything for like a week. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Like, like my wife says, no, no writing, no pen and pad, no memo. I don't even app. want to hear you hum a melody. Yeah, for, for a week. Not being able to do that will drive me will drive me cr- way crazier than um, being in front of the computer and not having something to write. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, do you, Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So not being able to write is what drives me insane. Not sitting there and you know trying to come up with with something. something. Yes. So. That's why writer's block is impossible for me. Because if I'm sitting in front of a computer and there and it's not coming out, like I've spent 30 minutes like one 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 or two words and I just can't continue to write these bars. Um yeah, that's painful, but my only other option is to not write, to turn off the computer and like not write. Mm-hmm. Which drive which is worse <laughs> for me. Yeah. So, uh, in a weird way, it's impossible for me to ever have writer's block, which which sucks sometimes, right? Um, and 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 a lot of people are like, you know, like how do you how do you overcome writer's block? How do you deal with writer's block? I don't know how to answer that because the only way I can deal, I can overcome the pain of having writer's block. Is having a bigger pain, like a like a far <laughs> greater pain, yeah, uh, of not being able to continue. Yes, which just makes no sense, but it does. If yeah, you really, it makes sense if you really think about it and try. <laughs> For once, yeah, if you try, use that freaking peanut brain <laughs> no, no, no. and why, make why it you, work. Turn why, it into butter. <laughs> why are you doing that, Diane? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Would you recommend to like young, really young kids uh, to pursue a life in writing? I mean, that's what they want to do. I mean, there's a billion ways to write. I would recommend TV writing. Yeah. Or film it's writing. It's more job stability. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> it's, recommend. It's less one-offs. You actually get hired to staff. I would recommend <laughs> logistically TV writing or. Um, I like watching something grow. That's what it is. Yeah. I like staying on something and seeing how it changes in Morris instead of like a one-off and walking away from it, like um, movies and stuff. Like I wouldn't recommend being a novelist, becoming a novelist, unless that is something that you are like, you, you really want to do. Yeah, that's like, hard. You, and I'm I'm telling you, you have to really want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Because I tried finishing my uh, my great novel um, all throughout high school, college. And even after college, 
so I have a collection of short stories, but I, I've never put out a novel. And of course, being like the literature kid, I wanted to make my, you know, great American novel or whatever. And um, I almost drove myself insane. And it never materialized because I, you know, I, 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 I could technically spend the next, the remainder of my life trying to finish that. And, um, and it, and it's incredible that some novelists are able to do that. Multiple books. Yeah. Like Stephen King. What the f- dude? <laughs> what the fuck, Stephen? How many of you are there? <laughs> because the fuck up, how are you doing that? <laughs> and how does he just like stay focused on that singular story for so long? Yeah. Like at, at like at one like you know times have changed. You don't you don't want to just just like you don't, you're not tired. Yeah. Like you don't want to just make an audiobook here. Well, we talked a lot about writing today. I don't think I've ever talked about writing so much in my entire life. Like Fest. Oh my god, how fun was this? <laughs> <laughs> so well, fun. I'm 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 wondering if you know we answered any of your questions. Like, um, you know, even if you don't become a writer, writing is so fundamental now. Um, especially even like actually because of smartphones. Uh everyone's a writer now, right? Everyone's a thought piece, yeah. Yeah. And um everyone's a critic. Everyone's a reviewer. Um everyone knows the truth. Uh and it's it may like maybe the people who really have something important to say. Now has to cut through the noise, right? So they're gonna have they're gonna be forced to e- be even better writers. Yeah, and being a good like reader goes hand in hand with being a good writer. Yeah, like reading to this day, I just wish everyone's reading comprehension levels would just go up. Dude, let me recommend. It would change life. <laughs> let me recommend a book that's like coming straight out of left field. Um, <laughs> Since we're talking about writing. Yeah, the Bible. Just kidding. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Dan, you're awesome. <laughs> um, 50 Cent. Oh? Put out a, a self-help book called Hustle Harder. I have to read that. I have to read that. Oh, dude. Uh, don't read it. Get oh. the audiobook. Oh, he reads it? He reads it. Yeah. And… um. <laughs> I was never a big fan of 50 Cent even when he was doing music. Yeah. Right? This is just not my style. But this book is amazing. It's especially in audiobook. This is the first audiobook in my entire life. I don't first listen to time. audiobooks. Either. I have never ever bought the audio version of a book. Right? Yeah. But I went into… I, I So I heard about this book. and. It's 50 Cent giving like, you know, life advice and like business advice. But with really concrete details like episodes from his life, right? And 50 Cent is… Curtis Jackson is obviously going to have a different perspective to um, things like uh, working with your team. Building the right team. Uh, 
you know, knowing your value. You know, 50 Cent is going to have a very different perspective. And yeah. I wanted to hear his perspective. I go in to get the book. And, you know, I'm about to get the book. But right under it is the audio version of the book. And I'm like, did he? If he did the audio book, it's 50 Cent. So I go in and he did the audio. So I'm like, oh, shit. For the first time in my life, I'm going to get an audio book. And I got it. And I listened to it like right before I go to sleep. Um, check it out. Like obviously 50 Cent did not pay me to talk about this. Yeah. Um, he paid uh, you 50 cents. It's a bad joke. It's an obvious joke. Sorry. That's so horrible. I'm so sorry. Haru's here by the way. Oh okay. <laughs> uh, anyways. Check out that book. Bye guys. See you next week. <laughs> All that lead up to just <laughs> recommend 50 cents on your book. Not even… With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to… Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumpaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.